listening to The Undip Podcast with hosts Shakira Shanae and Mary L. A podcast for women, by women, who are unapologetic, real and unzipped. Join them for open and honest conversations every week. Get ready to get unzipped. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome back to the Unzip Podcast. We are your hosts, Shakira Shanae. And Mary L. And it is Halloween week and Mary's birthday week. Scorpio season, yes. I'm so excited. I'm turning 39, so this is going to be my year. I know it. I am manifesting, speaking, all great things. So I'm excited for you. Out with all the old and in with the new. 38. All the old. Ooh. Get the hell out of here. Yes. Stay. The it. new. We are ready. Yes. For all things. 39 <laughs> is really exciting. Yes. It's your last year of your 30s. So they say, you know, if you get, I'm like, why? And you and you get better truth. with age. Yes. I, I think so. It. Yes. And look better too. Oh, yeah. You ever look back at your old pictures and you're like, what in the hell? Girl, I just and look at my brows. You were, you, oh, my God. <laughs> my brows, I'm like, why are they so skinny and they look like McDonald arches? Oh, like, my God. I, my sister pulled up a picture the other day because you know how Snapchat will be like memories and show yeah. you a picture. And she was like, Shakira. And I thought I was fine. You hear me? Okay. And she was like, look at you. And I was like, my brows, it wasn't the phase of the skinny brows. It was the phase of the super blocky brows. Oh, and wow. I was like, wow. Isn't it? That's a, crazy. Isn't it amazing? Some women still have like blocky brows or like those arches. I'm like, why? You know what? It's, it's brows have been the, you guys, we, you know, we're part of the beauty industry. If you've been following us since uh, episode one, but Brows has been like one of the um, biggest, I think, change through through, through beauty. It's yeah. like it it when I started back in Sephora, it was super skinny brows. Brows wasn't really even a topic. You just got them threaded or waxed, and that was yeah. it. And then it went to um, the perfect arch, thanks to Anastasia. And then it went to the blocky brow and then it went to now it's like feathery brow yes, like just go natural yeah feathery brow i can't do that one yeah um but if you can go girl yes and if you're still doing it blocky stop yeah. doing that right and do not put the concealer like you know how they cut it with the concealer cut I'm it like, sharp like, if no. you're gonna cut it like be gentle with it don't cut it and super blend. sharp and blend like your life depends on it <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll do a whole episode around brows how yes about that? we do we will on today's episode, we have an amazing uh, woman. Her name is Ari Moon. She is, was a part of season 18 of The Voice. I don't know if you guys have ever watched The Voice, but it's an amazing show Yeah, with amazing judges. And I like the whole concept of them not seeing you. They just hear you and decide if you're worth the turnaround. Yes, yes. Her story is amazing. She actually told us up about a performance with LL Cool J. So she has a lot. Oh, that was good. Oh, yes. Both of us was like, wow. But anyway, back to Ari. Um, amazing talent. And we're so excited for you to hear everything that she's done in the past and what she's going to do in the future as well. Absolutely. So let's get into it. Let's get unzipped. We're so excited to have you on our podcast. Everybody, welcome, Miss Ari Moon. Hi. <laughs> so um, we just talked a little bit about you and your background, but we want to start first with the beginning, and we want you to walk us through to where you are today. So take us from the beginning. Like, where are you from, and um, 
you know, walk us through like your childhood a little bit. Okay. Um, so I'm first generation American and I am originally from Boston, Massachusetts. That's where I was born and raised for half my life, I would say. Um, I have always been into singing. I used to like love the boy bands and you know, like that 90s, 2000 era, Britney Spears and sync and all that stuff. Um, and then also some classic R&B that's gotten me into music. So I've always been into singing since I was like two, I would say. Um, my first professional job, I guess, in the singing industry was when I opened for LL Cool J when I was 12. Wow. Um, that was right. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, first of all, like, what is a 12-year-old doing at an LL Cool <laughs> No, <day>? seriously. Right. <laughs> and did you um, have, like, earplugs in when he was talking about those, you know, sexy things? <laughs> that's, you know what? So this is how that went. So we were in, like, this um, acting out program, and they, I guess they saw us do our show, and they were like, oh, they're cute. And I just happened to have my own solo during that. And it was a, I remember it was a concert with LL Cool J and Trina. Uh, oh, wow. Um, and let's say that was like 2002, 2003. So I don't know if you remember what song by Trina was out at uh, that time, but. They were all raunchy. <laughs> not for the kiddos. Um, <laughs> but we, we opened the show and they were like, oh yeah, you guys are going to get to meet LL Cool J and take pictures. Um, that's what they were telling us. But obviously somebody of sound mind was like, Mm, hell no that's not gonna happen um we can't have these kids back here with LL Cool J now that I'm older I'm like thinking about like what could have been happening backstage like you never Girl. know but, right. um, our parents our parents were ticked off that we weren't able to see them I don't know if they were ticked off for them or for us or for the, yeah <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but <laughs> they weren't having it um I just remember like my mom being so ticked off but that's my first like fun singing professional experience which is not ideal for the normal 12 year old but I guess a cool story to tell later not at all but um, definitely cool yeah at that moment though did you feel like okay you know being on stage did you feel like I want to do this I did I've always been like that girl that in my room like you know how you have the ceiling fan or whatever I would pretend that that was like a video camera and I was doing a music video you know like I've always been that cheesy girl that has always been like oh I'm gonna be a pop star one day and everything that I've based my life around even if I was going to like school or college or whatever I've always been like I'm gonna be a singer um and I've always told people that even when I was like told like oh no you can't sing but girl I you never let sing. it stop Thank you. Girl, you can sing. So okay. tell us a little bit about who was your inspiration growing up? Like at 12 years old, obviously you were on stage with LL, Trina, yeah. way before your time. So your voice is so sultry. You have, and yes, an old soul, but this like new dynamic voice. So who was your inspiration and your mentors growing up? I don't really, I have a lot of them. Like whenever people ask me stuff like that, I never know like how to answer it because there's so many people that come into play because I love every genre of, well, maybe not every genre, but most genres of music I love. And I feel like I was based out of the pop and R&B um, style, era, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, th that era. So I was listening to like Boyz to Men and in sync in like one day or 
Britney Spears and Maya. Like I was always just like listening to stuff like that. And then my dad always had Whitney Houston CDs and Tony Braxton CDs. And he had a very eclectic taste in music. He would go from that to like Brian Adams. And it's like on two different scales. So I feel like I never had like one set inspiration for my music. And I guess that's why it's easier for me to fit in in different places and try new things. Um, but yeah, that's my inspiration has been everybody. But I want to say like maybe, and this is like hella long-winded, but maybe my voice technique and things like that come from Alicia Keys and Rihanna, a little mix of like John Legend. Like those are who I like, like singing after and learning things from. Well, we love that because we just actually, before we spoke with you, watched your episode and you were actually singing an Alicia Keys song. Yeah. Not to mention John Legend was one of the judges. You had um, Kelly Clarkson and what was the- Blake Shelton. Tell us about the experience. Like, were you in like, oh my God, because if I see John Legend, like, sorry, Chrissy Teigen, I love her, but I'm going nuts. (laughs) You know what? I know. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. She, he's so amazing. I've been, I've listened to him since he came out. Um, and I love his music. Even when people weren't like all like hype with John Legend, like I've always loved him. Um, but surprisingly when he like turned around and was talking to me, even from like the first time, I think I was so in shock that I was there in front of them that it didn't like, sit in that like John Legend is talking to me. John Legend just said my name and was talking to me about my voice and knew my name throughout that whole period. Like I would have lost that, it. Yeah, I know. Thinking about it now it's like what the heck? But <laughs> oh my at that well, moment I was always... so like in shock. Huh? And is is least you can always go back and actually look at that moment. You know what I mean? Like, you know, some people have moments like that and then they can't even you start to remember and then like the more time passes you're like I don't even remember what he said and I don't remember how right. I felt because it's so far away but you can right. just pull it up on YouTube when you want to see it I know that's crazy. amazing that's, that's freaking crazy to me like I can't believe that I had that opportunity and it's still even though it was like this year it still feels like it was so long ago so when I'm trying to remember everything that happened because they only show you like a little bit of what happened like they actually spent time talking to us um outside of what was shown in it's just like trying to remember it, all of that in bits and pieces it's like thank god i had my family there to be like oh yeah when he said this and i'm like what he said that no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay so Davis, i know right <laughs> okay so we okay so let's go back so you 12 years old on stage and what happens between then and you being on the voice okay so right after that whole situation with LL Cool J, we moved from Boston to Florida. Um, so I was, that was around 12 years old. And I had gotten in, I had started attending a school that had like extracurricular activities, which I never had before in Boston. So they had cheerleading that I got into, and then they had the choir program that I got into. Um, as soon as I saw that, I was like, yep, that's for me. So I joined the choir program. They had a lot of opportunities for us to like sing at what do you what do you call what do they call like recitals or something mm-hmm. i don't even remember what you call those things in school anymore competitions maybe. <laughs> yeah like yeah like, competitions. <laughs> yeah like things like that and um 
I joined every single one. I was in the talent show every year. Um, that I feel like that is what really gave me more encouragement to start singing because I had a choir teacher who he really saw something in me and he actually put time into teaching me like basics and singing and things like that. And I never had that. I just had music videos and stuff to go off of. Um, so then I started doing that and I started singing the national anthem at all the games um, and started getting noticement that way. And then I went to college because being a first generation American, my parents were like, uh, no, school. You want to be a celebrity? You want to be famous? You want to be a singer? School first. That's how they always were. So I went to college, hated it, but I finished. Um, and while I was in college, I joined a party band to, you know, make some extra money on the side. Um, and that's where I was like, oh yeah, I love being on stage. Like, I love people interacting with you and singing with you. And that's just, that's so amazing to me. So I kept doing that. And then I started interning at a radio station and got to be around the hustle and bustle of that more. And then I met my manager that way. And then it just went from there. We just started doing music. And after, after college, I started a regular job doing leasing for apartments. And then after the leasing job, I finally got a job doing full-time entertainment at a blues club here in Orlando called BB King's Blues Club. I was the lead vocalist for their house band. And then that turned into me singing with a previous voice contestant um, who made top 10. And he was like, you know what, you need to try out for The Voice. And I had already tried out for The Voice before, but this time we did a video instead of going to the open call. And then I sent in my video and they were like, hey, we want you to come back for auditions. And then I kept going back for auditions every so time. Wait a I went minute. To the so wait a minute. So they say, we want you to come back for auditions. What was that? I mean, like, where were you when you got the call or got the message? And then what was that feeling like? So I was in Orlando preparing to move to Atlanta. Um, and I got an email and they were like, we want you to, we saw your video and we want to invite you to a private callback, which was going to be in Atlanta. So that was like the first sign. Um, and then I was like, what the heck? Like, they're actually contacting me because normally I go to those like open casting calls and there you go in there for, you spend hours in line and then you sing for 10 seconds and they're like, eh, we don't, we don't want you try, try next time. This time I did it from the comfort of my own home and got an email mm. within like two weeks. And they were like, Hey, we saw your video. We want you to come to a private audition, pick your city. This one's in Atlanta. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's amazing. So wow. then I moved to Atlanta and I'm telling you like that week that was scheduled for the one in Atlanta, like that week I decided I wasn't going to go because I knew I was going to just be wasting my time. I just knew that I was going to go and audition and they were going to be like, um yeah well, you're not right for this season which is what they usually tell you when they're just like go away um but then I made it through the next I somehow ended up going that day and then made it to the next um round and I was just like what what the heck like what's happening wow and every time that I kept going forward because there's like five steps before you even get to the blind auditions like there's there's such a it took like a whole year are you wow. serious yeah 
I always want to know like how that behind the scenes go like you know like how many auditions does it really take for you to even get on stage and actually get the world to see you so so how it works is so basically they have like the the major cities where they have the open call for everybody whoever wants to come that's technically the first step or the video that I sent that would be the first step Um, and then if they want you to go further they do the callback you go to another major city and you do your callbacks there and then if they'd like you then you go there was so much I'm trying to think of how it even went like all I know is I'm just going from city to city okay so after that that, they're like okay we want to use you but they're very upfront that you know we don't know if we will change our minds tomorrow or whatever but they basically are telling you you're going forward but it could change any moment so then we went and then the next step I think was in LA where like, you know, we went out to LA and we did it for the executive producers. And then if they like you, they push you forward and they're like, oh yeah, you're going to come back for the blind auditions. But even when you go back for the blind auditions, there's only like, my season only had 40 chairs, right? So they, they bring back about like a hundred and something of us. And once those chairs are filled up, that's it. Like you could still go back for blind auditions and not make it, like not even get to sing. Wow. wow. It's like so, and you're, you're out there for so long. It's just like, but it's really fun because like it it got to the point where we would be out there and then we would come back and be like, Oh, I miss it. Like I miss all the like going, going, going. Yeah. It was, it was really fun. And they take so like, they take really good care of all of the contestants. That's amazing. They care about where you are, everything. I, I love it. But I just want to go back to because it's so inspiring. As you know, our show is all about bossing up women entrepreneurs. Yes. And you said it took you almost a year before you even got to a point where you didn't even know if you would go to the next step. Mm-hmm. And it just reminds me in entrepreneurship, you put so much time into, you know, building your craft or building your business and yeah. for that opportunity that may only last for about six seconds or 10 seconds, or, yeah. you know, that what we call the elevator pitch for that right person to be in the right room at the right time. So yeah. what I hope that, you know, people that are listening will get, you know, from this is the tenacity to keep going and being an entrepreneur, being a singer is not an overnight thing. Like it's, it's not. so much time. Um, what, what would you um, say to, well, let me back that up. Being a woman, so you're now in LA, you made it to the top 17. Um, tell me, uh, being a woman, do you feel like, did you have any type of, um, I don't want to say discrimination, but how do you feel being a woman in this industry? I know being a woman in the, um, the music industry is p- pretty tough. Tell me like, what type of obstacles did you go through during that time, just being a woman, being number one, being a black woman, you are Cape Verdean, which yeah. I have so many people from Cape Verde. Um, <laughs> yeah. Tell us, like, what obstacles do you feel that you had to overcome during that time? Um, I feel like having like your own style. I feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like all women are compared, especially in singing. Like all women are compared to oh, but you don't sing like her. Like, an example, Ariana Grande and Mar- Mariah Carey, right? She has made it very clear that sh- she 
has an influence with Mariah Carey and that's where she's learned a lot of her singing and she's very comparable to her in certain things but then you get people like she'll never be Mariah Carey you know what I mean and it's just like the point is not for her to be my Mariah Carey right. it's just that's who she learned from and that's who she admires um and I feel like I don't see that with men in the music industry. I feel like women are always being compared to, she'll never be as good as this person. She'll never be good as good. Even Beyonce, it's like, she's legit like the queen. Right. <laughs> and people always got something to say about it. And it's, it's so much harder because you have to, we have to make sure we look the part. We have to make sure that we are fitting into the mold of what people are gonna want or things like that. How, how, crazy can you be how much attention can you get in the industry but i feel like dudes just show do your hair <laughs> scruff it up real quick show up throw on a little smirk a smile you know do a little nose flick thing whatever that is yeah and you're absolutely right and that's it and it's like the they don't have to dance with heels you know like <laughs> they don't have to get on stage and do all these moves with these like four inch heels and have feel like they have to do that just for them to be accepted or have to have their hair a certain way like i i hate being criticized but like sometimes i have to suck it up because that's what it's gonna be like especially reading the comments from the show and things like that it's like when i was doing my own thing it was all great and dandy right but as soon as um i don't know if you guys got to see that far but i always competed against a male mm -hmm. And I feel like I always got way more criticism in the comments being, oh, she wasn't as good as him. It's only because she was pretty or like something like that. Like you're taking away from my talent. Like I won and it's not because they weren't great, but I did what I had to do to win. So acknowledge that. Don't just try to undermine what I did just to say that it was because, oh, I had a pretty dress or whatever they were i feel like it's really hard that way and it's always going to be some type of discrimination towards women because they just i don't know i feel like people can just walk all over us and it's not okay and that's not what it's gonna be that's right that's right we are changing the trajectory oh i'm gonna learn today yes oh. <laughs> just speaking of i don't know if you guys watched the debate last night but with kamala i mean just you know, shout out. I didn't to the even women. get to catch it. You got it. You oh, gotta, you'll see it you'll all see over. It. You'll see it. But I saw the fly it. situation. But oh, girl, I was like literally <laughs> snapshotting it. Just so like, did you see that? I was like tapping my no, computer. No, you know what's thinking. so funny? I was like, I saw the fly, and then I went up to the TV. I was me like, is too. that in, in my house? Yeah, yeah, I was like, is that in my house? And then every time he moved, I saw the fly move. I said, oh no, you got to be kidding. Me. I, I I was saying that's like Breonna Taylor's spirit, like sitting on him because right? I'm sorry, not that she would come back as a fly. Don't get me wrong, but. He, the fly came right after she made a comment about Breonna Taylor, like not being like racially, you know, the, just the racial system. He wasn't acknowledging what's going on in the racial justice system, but, um, well, you, you know what flies sit on, right? Absolutely. Right? That's we, all I'm going to say. Now that you bring that up, it does, you know, she was saying, or a lot of comments were saying just the way that he tried to shut her down so many times. And she had to say, excuse me, I'm speaking, excuse me, I'm speaking. Yes. And it's just like through every industry, um, you know, women are always being 
put on the back burner. Yeah, put on the yeah. back burner. Or like you said, it comes down to sex appeal and it comes down to, um, I don't know, you know what it reminds me of? This, I went to Miami once um, with a group of friends. It was my first time experiencing something like this. And I was just like, whoa, I need to get out of here. We were all at a club and they literally were, we were in a line and they were looking at women to enter in the club. Like it didn't matter where you were in the line, you could be up next, but they were looking at women that looked like something. You must was at live in Miami at Fountain Yeah. Bay because you only, my, one of my so friends, <laughs> one of my friends, she, she stubbed her toe that day. So she had to wear flats and they were like, no, you cannot mm-hmm. come in because you're in flats. Yeah. Um, they were like, oh, you look good. You come in. Oh, you, mm, you don't really look good. You can't come in. And I was, it was the first time it was just like, hit me like, whoa, men are really out here deciding who gets to come into a party that mm. you're going to have to pay for anyways. You, they're deciding who gets to come in based off what they look like. And it was like, okay, like literally he was saying, okay, light skin, you come in. Mm, oh no. no. Not you, not you. Or in it was like the first time that I was like, wow, this is the world that we live in. And I, going back to the different industries, there's always people comparing and you have to overwork. You have to show that you are, you deserve to be there and your talent yeah. speaks for itself. And that's undeniable. Thank you. And people, people think things like that are like, just on like TV shows. It's like when people try to talk about like Black Lives Matter, you know, women are important, different things like that. And they're like, oh, you're just, you're just talking about what you see in the media. You're just talking about what you see on TV. No, we're talking about stuff that's really happening. Like people literally lose their jobs because of their hair. People literally die because of their skin. Like that's not, that's not a movie. That's real life. Yeah, Try telling yeah. the people who have lost people or who have endured that, that that's, that's just a TV show. And the fact that like, I see that all over Facebook drives me bananas. Like my eye literally twitch when I, when I see things like that, because it's like, these are people that I know that I've grown up with and that's how y'all really feel. Mm. Mary gets into Facebook arguments every oh, week. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I saw a, in another group that we're in, a lady said, as a black woman, before we travel as a mother, I have to see how racist the place is before we travel, basically. So she's traveling somewhere. She has to like Google it. And like, no one knows like being a black woman or a black man, you know, what we carry. It's not just about a hashtag. It's not just about like um, that asshole said based on like, oh, we're talking about riots and like, no, we are talking about what we have to endure as you know women as, as and women then as black women and then yeah. it's just yeah being black in america and i just like if anything 2020 i keep saying it like this should open our eyes and show us really the power that we have not only um just in the industry as you can see like who who leads entertainment as far as like sports and singing but as our yeah. with our black dollar like where should we spend our money like with each other you know so we can go on and on and on we can go on and on and on i want to know your singing and then the chairs spin around like what yeah what is that like because i feel like i would literally just stop singing i would have a panic attack (laughs) the chair turns around i'll be like um 
Like I always like, say, who's like, your first person that spit around? Like that you just like, damn, like. So Nick was the Nick turned around almost immediately, but Ooh, I love me. So I was just time. like, you know what's funny? My training coach right now looks like him. Oh wow, just crazy. I'm just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll find out. Hold on. <laughs> um, but he turned around first almost immediately, and then I, and then Kelly Clarkson. From what I saw on TV, Kelly Clarkson turned around like almost like right after, but he had blocked her. When I was up there, I swear to you, I blacked out. I like remember, but I don't. Wow. <laughs> I remember that I knew that I was like in. I remember being like, okay, I'm in, thank God. But after that, I was just like, okay, I got to finish this song because then I was like, oh, God, let me try to get all these chairs turned. But you know, that didn't happen. But still. But you it matter too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because at that point, I was just like, oh, okay. Because I would have honestly, I would have been so embarrassed to the point of like hiding under a rock had I gotten no chair turns. Because that's like your biggest fear going. You know what I mean? But you it's were like, prepared. and that doesn't mean you're not ta- you're not talented. It's just right. the, the yeah. Can because be- too, I've I've watched the show where someone is so good, and I'm like, oh yeah, they're definitely gonna turn around, and then they don't. And then I'm like they the don't, song right? is almost over, and I'm like, nobody's gonna turn around. Yeah, you're like almost politically. Like, do you think it's a lot of politics too? Because, like Shakira said, like sometimes watching the show, I'm like, I know they're gonna pick this person, and then I'm thinking, well, maybe because they have to have a little bit of this genre, a little bit of this, you know, ethnicity. Is it a lot of politics? And I know in the music industry, but do you feel like, especially on TV and entertainment, was there a lot of? I feel like it is. I feel like I feel like they send people out in an order because they kind of send you out in like a random order. So I know that in the beginning of like the whole thing like the first people that go up they have more of a chance to get a chair turn because teams are empty and you know they they're excited they're hearing voices they're like i want that one i want that one i want that one as the chairs start like dwindling down they're starting to think like oh i want to win this season like the coach is starting to think like right i want to win this season so they start getting pickier um and then now they're seeing who has who on whose team so they're getting pickier and i think that's how it goes um, but like not getting a chair turn is not, it's not a bad thing. I mean, for us as singers, it's embarrassing and annoying and it's hurtful, but it's not because you're not talented, but we don't see it that way because, you know, that's our livelihood and we went out right. there and like on our end, it looks embarrassing for us, but it's, it's not because uh, there's, there are thousands, millions of people watching that are just like, this person was so talented and the voice they they're not like other shows where they pick untalented singers everybody that they pick is talented even if they don't get a chair turn so it's like it's hard to like get out of that mentality like oh not all four coaches turn for me but they turn for somebody else I might not be that good it's just you weren't what they were looking for yeah, you yeah. can't take it personal. You gotta keep. Per- yeah, you gotta have you gotta have tough skin because when when people like, I went through that when I was a teenager. Like, like oh, that's it. Like, I auditioned for American Idol the first time, and after that, I just stopped auditioning for stuff because I was like, after one time of them telling me no, I I legit thought, oh, I'm not good enough. But then as I got older, I was like, it's not the case. What advice would so you? Hard. What advice would you give to um? you know, a woman who, or a man, if they're listening, 
um, advice would you give to in case they were yeah to an aspiring artist if they were going through something similar or you know they are thinking about maybe auditioning for one of these uh, opportunities what would you what advice would you give them my advice is to like keep working on your stuff on your own and then also go and audition for those things and if you don't make it the first time keep going you got to have the mentality that like an example my season 44,000 people auditioned for my season they can't pick 44,000 people <laughs> to be on a, a season you know it's just not your time but you have to continue to work on your craft until it is your time so that just doesn't mean give up that means keep going until it's your time and don't just rely on tv shows and things like that. There's a lot of hard work that goes behind wanting to be an artist. You have to build your fan base on your own. You have to work on music. If you're not a great writer, like I'm not a great writer, but I need to take my own advice on what I'm about to say. That's work okay. on writing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you're not, if you don't feel like your voice is where it needs to be, get a vocal coach. You, you got, if you really want it. My thing is like, if, if you're not willing to put the work in, I don't care what you say, you don't want it that bad. That's right. In anything. In anything, whether it be singing, whether it be opening up your own business, if you really want it, it's not gonna happen overnight, like y'all said, you need to put the work in. And if you want it to be a great business or you wanna have a great voice or you wanna be a great actress or singer or doctor, like it's gonna take time, years. I love that. The, the more you work at it, the more you build and that's with anything. I love that. It's really true. It's so true. Yeah. Especially with, you know, social media now, we just see like the, I don't want to say the pop-up version, but what we think is the pop-up version, but we don't know how many auditions that you went mm -hmm. on. You don't know how many no's that, you know, you got before you got that one, like, mm -hmm. okay, we will, you know, here's your yes, here's your moment. So, you know, with, you know, this is a big lesson to really, really like kind of prepare and, you know, just put the work in and know that yeah. it's not going to happen overnight. I love that. And to your yeah. point, even when you get the yes, I mean, even look at, you know, like she was saying, you got a yes, but you had to get like four yeses before you even got to, you know, that platform. So even you're not working just for the yes. You're, it's like, what do you do after that? That's right. What do you do after exactly. the yes? Like, it's never over. You The grind never stops. You just have to always be ready to get that yes and then prepare to work hard after you get it to prove yep. that it was worth giving to you so i think a lot of people yes. just kind of wait for that first person to be like you're in and then they're like oh shit what do i do yeah. now it's like deer in headlights you know what i'm saying that. i've just been waiting for the you're yeah. in and then, you know you don't know what to do after that you know what um in 2015 i i was on the farewell season of american idol like before it changed and i had made it to Hollywood, but because I had gotten that yes, I kind of, I don't want to say I was complacent, but I kind of just was like, oh, I got in, like, I guess whatever I'm doing is good enough. And I got eliminated in Hollywood week because that was the mentality I had back then. This time, every time that they, I was told you're going forward, when I tell you I was like annoying my neighbors up until 3 a.m. almost nightly practicing the list of songs that they gave us, like, I really had to grind each step harder 
every time, like even when we got to our knockouts where I was with my uh, partner, Sam, like we were together twice a day, every day for a month practicing. Well, maybe that wasn't a month. That was like three weeks that we were practicing our song. Our one 40 or 90 second song <laughs> every day, like twice a day. It's like, wow. like you said, like even when you get yeses, like that doesn't mean that you've got time to chill. You don't have time to chill until you're retired and you're done with it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, so what is life like after The Voice? What are you working on now? Honestly, it's pretty stressful, but it's really fun. Like now I have a team who's behind me helping me in different aspects. Um, I have to work really hard because now I have a whole new fan base that's expecting things from me like music. And it's, it's hard because you try to, to get the perfect song. Like I don't want to just throw out songs just to throw out songs. I want to have great songs for people to listen to. And I feel like now the pressure is on to like impress people because now I have people like watching me. Like I can't just go backwards from what they saw. I have to like do more. Um, and that, that comes with traveling, especially right now during COVID, it's so hard because I can't just be doing shows like a normal season would be doing afterwards. And I have to figure out other ways to maneuver, different ways to, you know, everybody has to do that, like different ways to work, different ways yeah. to show things. Yeah, earn an income. I, I didn't even think about that as artists, especially like a new artist that's really trying to, you know, put her footprint in the sand. Like, how do you continue to like earn that revenue or make yourself relevant? And mm -hmm. then as an entrepreneur, that's when you kind of just like, okay, there's different yeah. ways I can do it socially. And, you know, these new online concerts, which I live for the battles mm -hmm. and the shows. I'm yeah. like, I live for Let me ask you just a, what would you, have you, um, are you into watching the battles like with like the different artists? Oh, those verses. Yeah. You know I've seen a couple of them and they're pretty funny. I was, the last one I saw. The Patti LaBelle one. Was it Kirk Franklin and Fred Hannon? Okay, oh my gosh, one. they had one? I didn't see that. Were they together? I think they were together. I think they, I, um, I heard about. That one was hilarious, but I haven't even had time to sit down and watch other ones. Like, oh wow. <laughs> I've been on the go, go, go. Yeah, I mean, I think to your point too, um, both of your points, like, I think 2020 is about to build some serious entrepreneurs in all industries across the board because you have to figure out maybe your business was working one way this whole time or maybe as an artist you were always expecting the same steps of being an artist like okay I release a song and I do some shows and you know whatever the case may be and now everything is so different so you almost have to change the way of thinking and how do you reach your clients or your audience you know virtually where it's still impactful because I was thinking the same thing like I had my tickets to go see Janae Iko and I mm -hmm. when they I mean they didn't even they didn't even send out no email like the show's been canceled <laughs> yeah. you know you just or just assume like okay COVID obviously is canceled and I was thinking after I got over the fact that it was canceled, I was like, wow, so many artists that's depending on, they spend like a year or a year and a half to come up with this huge concert, this huge show, this tour, whatever. Whole production. And yeah, yeah, it's a whole production. And I just know that from watching Beyonce's documentaries, that it's like a whole production. And then it just, that's it. Okay, so tell us um, what you're doing now. Do you have any current projects that you're working on? I'm working on my EP, 
Um, I have a whole bunch of songs recorded, some more that I'm recording. And it's just a matter of figuring out what's going to be right for it and when we'll release it, hopefully sooner than later, hopefully before the year is over, but we'll see. Well, we are excited. We're excited. So tell me all too. Of your fans, It'll be my first one. And all of your new fans, like where can they find you and where can they find your future music and your future products? Um, you can find me on all platforms at Airy Moon, and that is spelled A R E I M O O N. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm not really on Twitter, but I'm going to try to get better at it. Um, we feel and you. Then, <laughs> I know. I never know what to say on Twitter. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm brushing my teeth right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you say? Um, and my website is the same thing, uh, com. And that I'm pretty good at keeping up to date with those things. So anything you need to know, like shows, different things like that. Um, will be posted on that and yeah we'll go from there hopefully you guys can keep up with some great things that are coming soon well we know there is great things to come you're so talented amazing and we thank you so much because you're an inspiration um just for women and being a sister we just we just want to say thank you yes thank you so much for coming on the show today mm-hmm.